The Shady Hoosier Detective Agency Ghost-Busting Mystery Episode 6 Chapter 6 It was bedtime by the time Vini and I arrived home. I knew the time without consulting a watch, because Fergie Jr., Vini's son, was awake. He was rummaging through the icebox in the kitchen. Junior slept days and he wandered around the house all night like a hungry possum. Junior lived in our basement, between the canned beans and the zucchini relish, despite his having earned two college degrees in musicology. When he worked, which wasn't often, he worked nights. He had a part-time gig writing e-music for an Indianapolis internet company. He called it music but it sounded to me and Vini like a rooster scraping his nuts on barbed wire. We preferred the foot-stomping tunes of Dolly Parton. Junior also had a band, which had formed in the 70s in high school, called the Lonely Lip Lizards. Sorry to report that my grown son, Eddie, is a guitarist in that band. The Lip Lizards played rock and roll every Thursday and Friday night at Pokey's Tavern and Pool Hall. Every other Saturday, they played at the Stumble On Inn over in Ewing. Junior was standing in his tidy whitey underwear in the kitchen, wearing a tattered wife-beater t-shirt. He had one pudgy hand wrapped around a jug of milk, a box of cornflakes clutched in the other. There was no mistaking that he was Vini's offspring. He was shaped like his mother. But naked, he resembled a fleshy beach ball. He had a bushy red mustache that drooped off his lip like a caterpillar. He wore round eyeglasses, tinted green in homage to John Lennon. He was draped in silver and turquoise necklaces. Like his mother, he could have used a good bra. It was Thursday, so I figured he was fueling up before putting on his concert clothes and rolling out to a battle of the bands. Vini tossed him the carton of eggs Ma had given us. What was left of the apple pie she kept to herself. You get a job yet? she asked. Why you always got to ask me that? he whined. Why you always living in my basement like some kind of rodent? I had a rough childhood. My therapist says you and Daddy, your divorce traumatized me. Vini snorted. What traumatized you was your Daddy, him being a shiftless idiot and all. Fergus Gowen Sr. owed Vini 40 years of child support. His greatest career achievement had been a year spent drilling holes in the backs of TV sets at the Sylvania plant out at the old Freeman Field up in Seymour. Mostly, he lived in his pickup truck with a pack of mangy beagles. He specialized in doing odd jobs at odd hours for odd people. In between, he'd managed to climb onto Vini a couple of times, 
Fergus Sr. liked to shout at Vinnie that she should be grateful because he had given her the best gift of her life. That would be Fergie Jr. And that she should be paying him for that. To which Vinnie always replied, Well, that's debatable. Vinnie shrugged. I squeezed you out, kept you alive. A lot of God's critters eat their young, you know. Junior slurped cornflakes at the kitchen table. He flicked on his iPad as he sucked up breakfast. You know, Vinnie said, you'd enjoy life a heap more if you got a steady job and lowered your expectations. Trouble with your generation is you're always wanting to be happy. Happy ain't natural. Look at the Bible. Those were not happy people. Those were grateful people. Grateful they didn't get eaten by locusts. Grateful when a whale belched them up. Why not go to work and be miserable every now and then like the rest of us? Got a job. I'm a musician, an artist. I have a right to... Junior paused. He fiddled with his iPad. Hey, this you helping out the local fuzz? Curious, I leaned over and stole a glance at the iPad screen. It showed the homepage of the Hoosier Squealer website, the local gossip rag. A line of pink pigs, dressed in purple miniskirts, did a can-can dance along the top of the screen. There was a selfie of Vini wearing her red IU football helmet, arms slung around the skeleton. They looked like besties. Or an ad for the local funeral home. Righteous photo, ma, cheered Junior. Vini peered at the photo, then at me. Whoops, don't know how the squealer got hold of that. Vini grabbed her apple pie and made a beeline down the hall. She crashed into her room. I heard the bolt snap before I could scold her for releasing case information to the public. Our client agreement was strict about privacy. I scrolled through the article online to see if Squeal Daddy knew more about this case than we did. He was an anonymous blogger, but he had ears and eyes all over town. He was a regular deep throat when it came to gossip. Everyone in Pawpaw County feared the squealer. Reading him was way better than watching Jerry Springer. Plus, he could really whip an ordinary spit of a story into a lurid tale. Ghosts hosting late-night orgies at Wyatt Mansion. Just when you thought things were getting humdrum and dweedledum in Pawpaw County, it appears disgruntled ghosts have chosen our fair hamlet as their new abode. Moreover, they are misbehaving, as ghosts are known to do. Mr. Doge Schneider has reported that he is being visited nightly by specters partying like there is no tomorrow out under the apple trees next door. The trees are part of the old orchard at the abandoned Wyatt Mansion. Being a good citizen, Dode reported the ghost to the offices of Sheriff Boots Gibson. 
Sheriff Gibson was reluctant to comment on this story since he has not himself ever seen a ghost. His junior officer, Devin Hattabaugh, related to the Hattabaws that live over by the Guthrie Mill, not the Hattabaws that live in the Pansies and Petunias Mobile Home Park, reported that the Pawpaw County Police Department is exhausted at present policing the living. By law, we don't have to respond to any calls that come from the dead, wrote Devon in an email to the squealer late today. Since the sheriff's office would not dirty their hands, Dode, fearing the ghosts were up to no good and might be headed into town to cause a ruckus, hired the Harry Shades Detective Agency. Mrs. Ruby Jane Wascom, RJ to most all of you, and her co-detective, Mrs. Lavinia Goins, Vini to most all of you, went out to investigate the affair on Dode's behalf. And, lo and behold, what did they find but a skeleton in the Wyatt family closet? And I'm talking literally here, folks. Pictured below is Mrs. Lavinia Goins taking custody of the skeleton, which is itself being held, pending further investigation, at the county morgue by Ms. April Trueblood, our beloved coroner. It wasn't difficult, said Lavinia, she didn't put up much of a fuss. Lavinia says this is her first ghost-busting case, but hopes it will not be her last. She invites anyone who has experience chatting with the dead to call her for assistance with an upcoming seance at the Wyatt Mansion. Her private number is 812-555-5555. Ms. Trueblood, the coroner, confirms that the skeleton is female and about as old as Methuselah himself. She has called in the big guns at the university to do an age analysis and a heap of fancy forensics. Ms. Trueblood requests, in the meantime, if anyone is missing an oldster, for them to please contact her office. The story made no mention of orgies. I figured Squeal Daddy put that in the headline just to get people interested enough to click through to the article and the ads. I was relieved Vini had not gone on public record about ghosts having sex. The ladies' auxiliary at the Baptist church would have been all over me about that one. The comments at the bottom of the story were as good as the story. If ghosts are living in Pawpaw County scot-free, the law ought to be intervening. The tax rate in this county sucks. I pay almost a thousand a year for my home, and it ain't even a double wide. If everybody who squatted here like these here ghost hobos just paid up, then maybe the school could afford some decent uniforms for the marching band. I clicked agreed and powered down the iPad.